uh, Metallica is my favorite band, and my favorite band has, uh, well, not that new, but kind of new album, and I'm seeing them in August, so I figured I would um, uh, examine each song, not all at once, but every once in a while, and uh, go over the lyrics, which Hetfield describes as, you know, 72 seasons are the first 18 years of one's life, and um, it's something like how those uh, beliefs uh, affect us. So Hetfield has been in a lot of therapy over the years, and it seems like this album is, um, is influenced by that. So uh, you'll probably hear the songs in the background a little bit, and I'll stop it and probably edit, because I'm not a big fan of just... One, this isn't a reaction video because I'm not on video. And two, not a big fan... I like reaction videos, but I'm not a big fan of the ones who just sit there and nod their head and they'll make a face and then they'll just sit there. It's like, when I have something to say, I'll say it and it could be, this This could be two minutes long or this could be an hour. Who knows? I certainly don't, but let's find out. We shall begin with 72 Seasons, the title track. And the song builds, so it'd probably be, I, I don't know any of the set lists, but it uh, sounds like a hell of an opener, and I think their set lists are going to be different each day, which is great. I've seen them a bunch of times, so uh, it's been a while. I haven't seen them since like 2000, since uh, since the Death Magnetic tour, so uh, can't wait. My first concert was 1991 on the Black Album tour. I wanted to see them in '89 for the Justice tour, but my parents would not let me. Damn it. But I like to think I've made up for it. And it definitely harkens back to uh, their thrashier stuff of the past. And it settles into that groove, that dun, 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 like riding that E string. Dun, 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 dun. It's like vintage Metallica. I mean, I love all of their stuff. Uh, I love when they experiment. Um, I love when they go off in di different directions, you know, like what they do with the orchestra or even a song like Mama Said or The Unforgiven. I like when they throw us for a loop. This album, there's a little bit of loops thrown in, but it's it's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of what, I shouldn't say what to expect because there's a freshness about it. I don't remember there being too many loops thrown in this album. Like a song like Mama Said, it was just country. It was like, whoa, where the fuck did that come from? Um, I guess lyric-wise, and I'll start to get into that in a second, uh, probably the most emotional Headfield's been, but I could argue that, you know, load, uh, songs on load and reload, most, if not all of them, are highly, um, well, maybe except for Fuel, but most of the songs are highly emotional, talking about feelings. Like Dyer's Eve uh, was probably one of the first songs to be direct about how he felt, how Hetfield feels, and then St. Anger was just one big emotion dump, which um, I, I don't mind the St. Anger album. There are some parts I like, but I, I find that I, I listen to that that album the least. But that was another one. That was a whole, well, it was one big loop uh, that was thrown, especially uh, due to the sound of it. So anyway, all right, let's go into these lyrics. Before we that, do that, um, I'm just listening to this, just to listen to it before I uh, put it up. This is me in the future. Um, uh, Fade to Black. Duh. That is most likely, if not the first, 
Metallica song. No, it is the first Metallica song where Hetfield is is really <clears throat> reaching inward and being very direct uh, about how he feels. So there you go. Fade to black. They started off pretty early with that. Kill em All was just like, ah! But then, you know, at least with Fade the Black on Ride the Lightning, it, you know, he, he really started to, to open up. And then little by little by little, he, uh, he opened up even more. And now we're at 72 seasons where it's just one big open up. And that's awesome. Uh, Hetfield has said this uh, as a therapist. I have said this a, a thousand times over. Um, it's uh, wherever you can. Uh, whenever you can, as long as the, uh, you know, it's, it's a safe space without judgment where you can open up with your feelings and people won't lash out at you. They won't judge you for having feelings. Uh, it's to get those feelings out so you don't stuff them down and then you don't numb them with behaviors like, you know, uh, drug use and, and alcohol use and, and other things. So, uh, so find that space, and uh, your feelings are always correct. They're always correct, no matter how you feel. They're always correct. They can change. Um, <clears throat> they can change. As my voice is changing right now, this is me in a new voice. All right. Um, so they can change. Um, they will change. You know, they'll. They will change eventually with the tide, you know, uh, uh, as as time goes on. Um, <clears throat> but they're always correct. Your feelings are always correct. Uh, and your feelings matter. And once they are validated in that space and once you learn how to validate those feelings yourself, you start to, you start to feel better. And when you feel better, those harmful behaviors, uh, chances are they will decrease. So there. <laughs> So, Feeding on the Wrath of Man, shot down traumatic, time haunted by the past. Now, long gone dogmatic. Uh, Hetfield was raised in a very, very religious home, Christian science home, where his mom had cancer and they didn't treat the cancer because it was God's will for her to live or God's will for her to die, I believe. At least that's what I think it's about. Um, so, I mean, right away, and this is when he was a teenager when his mom died, and I don't think his dad was that present in his life either. So so just right away with that kind of, uh, just getting hit with that kind of trauma and makes you realize why uh, the music is so angry and why he uh, ended up turning the substances to, uh, to cope as well as huge issues with anger, um, which is, you know, what saint anger is about just him trying to work through all of that because usually with substance use it's managing emotions you don't want to feel whether it's anger or whether it's sadness and you kind of stuff it down with um with substances so you don't feel that pain the problem is with substances it uh it comes back to get you where uh it can turn into addiction it can turn into a life of chaos um and it can ultimately end one's life. 
So uh, shot down volcanic. So you can think of volcano, volcanoes like, you know, just it's about to burst. It's about to erupt. What's, but what is gone is gone and done. Could be alluding to his mom's death. Uh, look back psychotic. No chance before this life began. So it was, he's almost saying, or not almost, he is saying, I, he was born into this chaos and he didn't stand a chance. Now, the word psychotic, at least when I was growing up, I don't really know how it's used now. I haven't really heard it too much now. But growing up, uh, I'm 46 years old, so growing up, it was like, that person is psychotic, he's going to kill us because he's psychotic. Oh, he's psychotic, he's going to be so violent. And um, a person with psychosis uh, experiences hallucinations and delusions. Uh, Violent behavior uh, isn't a part of experiencing uh, psychosis. So it's hallucinations and delusions. So looking at the lyrics in, in the context of using the word psychotic, you know, uh, shot down volcanic, but what is gone is gone and done. You know, it makes me think of his mom, uh, of losing his mom and then losing his dad uh, many years later and then maybe mourning the fact he never really had uh, a father or just losing just people in his life. But I think in the context of 72 seasons, the first 18 years, that that's his mom, right? Um, so look back psychotic, no chance before this life began. So the, the word psychotic in, in, in this context, again, a, a person with psychosis has hallucinations and delusions. So maybe when he says look back, psychotic, no chance before this life began, there was, there, there, there was delusions. You know, this is what I'm guessing, delusions when it comes to Christian science, uh, delusional that um, cancer can be cured by, by prayer. That's what I think he's thinking, and, you know, that, that, will, be my, uh, that will be my educated guess. But no chance before this life began. So again, he was born into this, and how can he not, uh, is what he's saying to himself. How can I not um, have these issues? It's destined. So staring into black light, dominating birthright. Again, it sounds like it feeds into the, uh, the, the destiny of these issues. So violence, inheritance, um, born into, again, uh, a violent environment, um, inheriting the traumas of, of generations before, uh, and as well as the environment of generations before, uh, and then thrive upon feeding on. So feeding on that violence uh, just as the only way that a kid knows because kids are impressionable and that's what they learn, and they learn most of that from from their home, and then 72 seasons gone. It's the first 18 years, that's it. Uh, so it sounds like Headfield, that's kind of what he learned the first 18 years. And when he was 18, that's when you know Metallica started, and then he was just off. He was off on tour, off making music, and never really had a chance to think about it really up until St. Anger. So we're talking from 1981 until 2000, 2001, all of those years just go, 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 go. 
and pushing all those feelings down or numbing them with the huge amount of alcohol use that not only had filled, but the whole band uh, did, as, as, as well as drugs. So Wrath of Man, it's about, you know, uh, strong revenge, um, uh, punishment, uh, and then just I'm looking at Miriam Webster online, divine chastisement. And divine chastisement meaning being punished by God. All that from the word wrath. Where did I even go? So maybe Hetfield is also looking at this uh, as a punishment from God, uh, having this this wrath, you know, which results or means, you know, being punished by God, and and there we have it, you know, the suffering of the person living their first seventy-two seasons. Uh, it's I guess going a little deep just on that one word, but hey, that's what these rabbit holes are for, right? I believe it's the first appearance of the wah pedal from Mr. Hammett. He uses that wah a lot. But it's like, okay, he uses the wah. Nobody complains when he just doesn't use the wah. So it's just, you know, part of his expression. Now, Mad Seasons take their toll. I, 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 it's, I'm guessing it's a uh, uh, homage to uh, Lane Staley's uh, side project. It was, it was Lane Staley, Mike McCready. Uh, and they had a hit with um, well, a couple of songs, so maybe that's it. Who knows? Beautiful lyrics by Headfield. I think he's unfairly maligned for his lyrics, um, but his lyrics can at the at, at, his lyrics can be direct and at the same time uh, have all these little little great nuggets in them. So uh, Mad Seasons Take Their Toll, so New Mask, which is chaotic again, brought into this life of chaos, and it's putting that, uh, all the masks that we have on. It's something called um, dramaturgical um, analysis, so it's the masks that we put on in life just based on the social contracts we have. So it's, um, you know, I would have, you know, the masks are genuine, but it would, they would just be different. Like, I would have a different mask on at a funeral as opposed to uh, the mask I have on being out with my friends, as opposed to the mask I have on when I'm feeling like especially vulnerable with someone. It's just, you know, the different masks. So this song's just about the the chaos mask that he puts on. So completely lost control, but of course that's chaos. Uh, shoot back fanatic, wither under looming shadow cast. So again, it sounds like it's back into, well, I am destined for this, hence the shadow that is cast over me. Over me. And those core beliefs that one has where it's like, oh, well, there's just always a dark cloud over me. And then, you know, when you have that belief, you will look for things that confirm that belief. And you kind of, you see the bad things that happen and you go, oh, see, there's always a dark cloud over me and tend to forget the, the good things or tend to not acknowledge the good things that are happening to you. So slip back, narcotic, drug reference as you slip, use the drugs to numb the pain, blinded by the ashes of the past. So probably an allusion to the volcano earlier on when all volcano spits out ashes and you can't see. Um, so uh, just how the past just consumes, uh, how the past can consume you if you don't at least acknowledge uh, what's happened in the past to really take care of uh, what's happening in the present and the future. So staring into black light, it could be, you know, black light from the lights of the stage because the next line is choking on the stage fright, which, you know, they have played in front of hundreds upon 
like they've played in front of millions, literally millions of people uh, at once. And, you know, I, there's recent videos now of the 72 Seasons tour, and it, Hetfield still looks nervous before he goes on stage, which probably sucks in the moment, but at the same time could very well keep him aware and, um, you know, hyper aware of putting on a, on a good show. But still, yeah, that's got to be that's got to be nerve wracking. And staring into black light could also mean staring into darkness. It could be just a poetic way to say darkness instead of, you know, darkness. Because you've uh, probably a lot of songs that say darkness. And uh, I think live, you know, Trujillo sings The Wrath of Man, and his voice has gotten so much better since when he first started with Metallica. He had big shoes to fill, you know, vocal-wise uh, from Newstead. So he and Hammett kind of did it, but Newstead had such a strong voice. But Trujillo's voice is, is getting so much better. I think he's just taken voice lessons and gotten more dedicated into, into supporting Hetfield with the, uh, the background, the, the backing vocals. And the harmonies... Okay, so piercing through, cut into, polarized, which is when one is uh, polarized, that's what there is. It's one pole versus another pole. Or, um, you know, the way I'm looking at this, at least, is, you know, it's something called all or nothing or black or white thinking. So it's either everybody hates me, no one likes me, uh, or it, so it's, it's from one extreme to another. So, you know, in therapy, it's examining those extremes to, to really check the facts to see if this is true. So if someone says, everybody hates me, you know, the therapist can say, you know, what about your friend Bill? Oh, no, Bill likes me. So does that mean everyone hates you? No, but people tend to go to that all or nothing thinking, which the, the thoughts affect how you feel and how you feel affects how you can behave. That's a cognitive behavioral therapy thing. Um, where the fuck am I with... Oh, there it is. Okay, so point, <laughs> point of view, uh, crash into, uh, paralyze. So having those different points of view, the, the polarizing, and when they, they could crash together, you can get lost in thought or paralyzed. It's a, um, uh, a, a response that our brains do. It's, it's fight, flight, or freeze. And it sounds like paralyze uh, is, is the freezing, which one, one way to respond to that, I learned this recently from reading a book by Britt Frank called The Science of Stuck. Um, when you were in that freeze state, a, a good remedy is to put something frozen on you, whether it's ice, whether it's, uh, you know, wa washing your face with ice water, uh, stick, stick your head in a freezer or, you know, if it's cold out where you are, um, uh, you know, go outside and, and feel the cold air on you. It kind of, the, the frozenness kind of unfreezes the freeze. Another solo from The Ripper, which I don't know where he got the name, how, how long the name The Ripper has been. That's a Judas Priest song, but okay. He can be called The Ripper, or they used to call him Kirk Hamster as well, or Mr. Hammett. Very bluesy kind of solo, like reminiscent of the, the Black Album stuff. You know, Hammett's the type of soloist. He doesn't have to do the million miles an hour all the time and the sweeps and all that. He can do it. Um, but I remember him saying something like, well, he doesn't want to. You know, I guess with him, it, you know, he goes with what serves the song as opposed to serving himself. That's what I think anyway. I'm not a fan of uh, 
I don't mind people criticizing Metallica. I guess if you're going to criticize my favorite band, uh, I guess I have to like you <laughs> in order to do that. If I don't like you, I'm just like, oh, shut up. Shut up. Quick fire machine gun thoughts. That is anxiety. It doesn't let up. The thoughts keep coming and coming and coming. Um, and anxiety is typically a distraction from the feelings you don't want to feel. Anger, sadness, rage, all of that. So the idea is if you feel those feelings instead of avoid them, those thoughts tend to uh, tend to decrease. So once you understand that process, uh, hopefully you can start to feel better because if not there you know you will people will find ways to cope with those thoughts which again can turn to uh, substances and one other thing is really uh, the more you try to fight those thoughts the stronger they get so it's accepting that those thoughts are there uh, realizing kind of like an unwanted party guest who just isn't going to leave eventually they will uh, well hopefully they will if you just you know, well for this analogy they will if you just let them in and they'll get tired after a while and leave, but the more you accept those invited guests, it's counterintuitive. The more you accept those invited guests, the greater chance for them to leave. So there are different coping skills, whether using, you, know, you can use distraction, but you don't want to distract too much because that can avoid the thoughts, but really, really get down to it and find like a, like a space or time to, to really write down the, the feelings you don't want to feel. So deep seed, stigmatic. Uh, an allusion to the stigmata, uh, again, so kind of, um, you know, reference to Hetfield's religious upbringing, and I believe Hetfield is, a, I don't know, I don't think he's a Christian scientist, um, but I believe he's kind of a spiritual guy. And stigmatic, <clears throat> it's really a, a great use of the words from, from Hetfield, because um, stigmatic, you know, uh, bearing the mark of the, of the stigmata, the, the wounds of, of Christ on his, um, on his hands from, from the nails when he was nailed on the cross, but then also st stigmata or stigmatic, you know, meaning uh, uh, stigma. Uh, a mark of disgrace upon you and uh, mental health issues they're starting to get better or less worse now when it comes to uh, stigma by the public um, there's still a way to go but and and it's people like Hetfield who come forward with their mental health issues to try to decrease the stigma but you know I, I remember in the 80s and 90s you know if 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 at least the things that I've read in, in, in my world, you know, it's like, oh, you're, you're seeing someone? Oh, my God, there's got to be something so wrong, you know. But if you broke your arm, oh, just go to the doctor. You'll have it fixed. It'll be okay. But, you know, if you saw someone for your mental health issues, it's, oh, you must be weak. You must be weak to see someone uh, like that. So there was a stigma uh, upon that. And, and there still is, like I said, it's getting... It's getting less worse, but, uh, you know, as the future goes on and, and more uh, mental health issues and mental health work is accepted uh, by the most among us, uh, the stigma goes down and mental health issues will be uh, on par with, uh, you know, just like you break your arm and you need to have a cast on it. You know, there's parts of your brain that uh, needs to have like a... Uh, 
uh, taken a look at uh, just as much as a, a broken arm is. So hopefully with that, the 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 stigma is decreased. So if you find yourself with, with mental health issues, uh, instead of turning to uh, destructive ways to cope, it's finding constructive ways to cope, uh, reaching out, trying to find help uh, in, in any way that you can from, from a mental health professional. No mercy from the ghosts within. It's those, it's those thoughts again. And one way to, to look at those thoughts aren't as, uh, an enemy because, um, it, it can kind of be looked at, at, and this was an analogy again from Brit Frank from the Science of Stuck. It's kind of like if you're driving a car, the check engine light comes on. So it's looking at those thoughts not as, hey, we're going to get you and we're going to bring you down. It's, hey, there's something wrong here. Let's start examining something so we can check uh, our engines. I wish there was a better way for the mind to do this, like a, like a friendlier way to warn us. Uh, however, that's uh, not how it works. And um, so if you look at it kind of as a warning light as opposed to the part of you that you have to fight against, it becomes a little easier. You have a little more, you have some self-compassion for yourself. Um, and then once you achieve that self-compassion, the problem will be easier to treat. It's like, okay, instead of like, oh my God, I can't stand these thoughts. I just want them to stop. Or let me drink. Let me do this. Let me do that. It's, whoa, this is a thought. Huh? Well, that's interesting. What is it trying to warn me about? What am I avoiding here? What am I trying not to feel? So there's breathing out, but not back in. And breathing is a, uh, a coping skill to kind of get you grounded, especially in, in, moments, of, um, in moments of distress and, uh, you know, having trouble breathing. And uh, if you don't breathe, you die. The tempo goes a little slower, gets into a little bit of a grind, a little bit of a stomp. And the phrase permanently midnight, I imagine Hetfield's alluding to. There's a book uh, by Jerry Stahl that was turned into a movie with uh, Ben Stiller and Elizabeth Hurley about, uh, I believe, a television writer's uh, struggle with addiction. A slow headbang, and then it goes boom, right into the up-tempo, into the thrash. I mean, the rhythm, I, I, I cannot think of a better rhythm player ever uh, than Hetfield. I, I really can't. Just the songs that he writes, the way that he plays, and of course there are incredible rhythm players, but I, just unmatched. And the sound on this album is good. I really prefer the, the load and reload sound, but this sound has that, that crunchiness of their, of their old stuff. You know the um, the dryness of it. So, so yeah. So that was seventy two seasons. Very very good. And uh, shadows follow will be next, and I'll do that uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. So um, thanks everybody for listening. You can find me on Twitter. Oh, you know what? Fuck Twitter. Uh, don't go on my Twitter. I don't like Twitter anymore. Um, so you can find me, uh, yeah, just send me an email at mmampodcast at gmail.com. Follow me wherever I am on the socials. All right, and uh, remember, in, this, in, in every election, always vote for the Democrats. All right, bye.